guys. Welcome back to my Steps to Sobriety, my show on YouTube and as a podcast with me, your host, Stefan Neff. Another day for a fantastic interview. <laughs> I have got Elie de Poisson with me, a beautiful French name, a beautiful woman, a beautiful story that shows us that there is so much out there waiting for us, even when we are in the darkest place and in the darkest, darkest moments, that it is so important to never forget that and look forward and, and work towards a new life, which might come in a way that you least expected. So Elif, thank you so much for coming onto my show. Thank you, Stefan. I'm really happy to be here with you today and to share a little bit about my, about my story so that we can together inspire people and give them hope. <laughs> Indeed. And that's what this is all about. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the really cool thing at the moment. I'm meeting so many people and I'm, I find it so enriching for my own life to listen to your story and I'm sure that, that there are a lot of women out there and men out there who are in uh, maybe very similar story, uh, similar circumstances as you have been and will be listening into them. Mm -hmm. Because if you look at the statistics, when you look at relationships, well, many of them unfortunately don't last. Mm -hmm. What's the divorce rate? Fifty percent in many countries. It's mm, uh, a good question, but it's um, it's not a nice figure to look at. <laughs> no, so so true. Um, unfortunately, the, if you look at how many men and women cheat, uh, I mm. discussed it in a, in an earlier interview with a guest, and we had to say that it's sixty seventy percent of relationships in the Western world are essentially cheating. And mm. when I say sixty, that's the girls; seventy, that's the boys. Both mm. of them, that's more than not. Yeah. And that's quite shocking. So, yeah, so, but, 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 but here we are with you. And you, you certainly didn't, didn't think that one day you would be here and, and talking about self-healing and about, uh, about making a new start in a new life. When you were a younger girl, what did you want to be? What was the start of your life? Mm. So as a little girl, I was um, a girl that was always looking at through the window and always dreaming and looking at the stars. I, would, I was passionate about the universe, mm -hmm. the stars, the planet. I had a telescope and I would look at the moon and I always said to myself, oh my God, if I was a really smart girl, if I was a bit smarter, I would definitely be an astronaut. It was my pleasure to go, like my dream to go on the planet. But I think that it was actually the spiritual side of me that kind of knew where she was coming from and wanting to go back home. So I was already kind of really open spiritually. But my dream was to be a dancer and to be on stage dancing and singing and playing the piano because I used to play the piano a lot. What kind of dance did you do? Classical dance. So ballet. Ballet, yes. Oh, nice, 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 nice. <laughs> and were you were you very sportive? Did you do that a lot in your in your mm, younger years? No, I would do only one hour a week every oh, Wednesday at the good. end of the day. Right. But uh, sometimes I would improvise dances in my living oh. room. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So you were not not competitive in that no. sense, but it was more the dreamer in you the, yes. uh, who just loved the, the beautiful, nice movements. Yes. Uh, that's all oh, nice. The beauty of dance. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. And it is so beautiful, isn't it? Mm -hmm. oh. Oh, but, and, and so many young women and, and young boys are actually going going down that route. Dance is the most beautiful way of expressing yourself. Yes, but, yes, yeah. it's true. Uh, so what changed? Why did you not pursue that 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 beauty mm. of dance? I remember that when I was about 12 years old, I was looking at a documentary about kids in, in Africa and, and suffering from 
from poverty, from hunger. And then I wanted to be a lawyer to defend the rights of kids. Wow. And then I decided I would let go of my dreams, but I would help kids. And so that's when I decided to go to university. And then I found that that in order to be a lawyer, you needed to be really detail-oriented. And that was not my strength. (laughs) (laughs) So I decided, okay, I'm going to look for another option. And actually, I had always been passionate about psychology. I was already the person that everyone was calling when they were in trouble. Um, My parents were not really in a good state at the moment, about to separate. We didn't really know. And I was talking to them a lot, supporting them a lot. And I'm the eldest of three. So I was also kind of being the coach of the family, the psychologist of the family. But it was really heavy on my shoulders. And so I remember my aunt telling me, you should study psychology. Like, it's so natural for you. But I thought, no, my God, I'm already the psychologist of everybody in my life. I cannot make my my job out of this. It's going to be too much. I can't handle it. And so I decided to just study marketing and, and management. But it's always been a passion of mine to help people heal and have more clarity about their own feelings and wounds. And I knew that one day I would go back to it. But, you know, when you have a dream and you say, oh, today I'm financially stable or when I have this, then I'll do that. So it was a, a kind of a dream that one day when I'll be financially stable, I would go into healing, into coaching, into energy, energy work. But life made it happen a bit earlier. <laughs> life thought I was ready. <laughs> well, and as if we were ever to agree to that statement, no one is ever ready for big change to happen. And or we are much more ready than we think we are. I don't touché, know. Touche, touche. Um, of course, with you, you had a small inkling because here mm-hmm. you were. We, I've got a bit of a of a of a advantage here to you guys listening out there because prior to the interview we had a little bunter here so i know that that towards the end of your 20s you mm-hmm. felt that well you've ticked all the boxes as you mm-hmm. said uh, everything that you thought that you were supposed to do as a young woman and still there was this emptiness and this yeah. described that for me why why did you feel empty how did you feel empty um So I was 29 at the time, and I remember really well, it was in the month of June, and I was just finishing a master in evening classes. And so this had been two years of going to school every single day from 6 to 9 p.m. I was working in a bank at the time. Oh, wow. I was coaching startups to raise money, so still kind of in the coaching industry, but more around money. And then I would finish my work and go to university from six to nine and then eat and then the next day repeat. (laughs) And then I would also go to school on the Saturday morning. And then basically on the Sunday, I would do my homework. And after two years of doing that, when I finished my exam in June and I knew I had passed, I, instead of feeling joy, I felt uh, resentment against myself. And I really kept hearing this voice of, You've ticked all the boxes now. You've proven the world that you can do it. But what are you doing for yourself? (laughs) And I was going to get married a few weeks later. We had just bought a three-bedroom flat. I had my job at the bank. I was going to turn 30. I had the the master in management. And I had really, I had succeeded with like really good um, grades. But I still felt like this wasn't it. Even though on paper, my life looked perfect. It felt like it wasn't my life. (laughs) Oh, God. As if there were ever more true words spoken. Uh, It is, we we tick the boxes. We work and work and work and work. And then you find yourself looking into the mirror and think, who are you? You You were in a steady relationship then. Yes. When did you when did you meet your your partner and man to be? Um, so then at the time we met in two thousand fourteen, mm. and 
what I'm talking about that month of June was June 2017. So we had been together for three years and we were going to get married in September of 2017. Beautiful. Uh, having said that, uh, there you are, three years together, but two years out of that three years, you were with your nose in the books. Yeah. What, what was he doing? He had his own business, so he had his nose in his laptop. Oh, good, good. <laughs> so there was at least not the kind of guilt that you are doing all the hard work. No. And, and to a certain degree in your late 20s, you identify yourself. You want to create your own yourself. You, you, you go out there and take the bull by the horns. That's what yeah. you do. So that's what I did, indeed. I ended up uh, studying medicine in Germany, then couldn't find a job in Germany when the, the wall came down, the reunification occurred. Mm. I ended up in the UK, found a girl, and then the girl was already on her way to the States. And mm. I said, oh, damn, um, okay, what does it take for me to get to the States? Oh, I have to do university again in the evening. Oh like you. So I actually you know what it is. Exactly. So I spent two years like you sitting in the library and having a yummy Indian takeaway being delivered to my library mm. um, because I was living in England in the Midlands where there is yummy food. So there was at least a little <laughs> bit of a, of a blessing in the skies. My love for curries uh, was very much fostered at that time. But like you, it was two years out of my life and that is what I did. Yeah. That's exhausting. I was, and, and it was okay. And now it, I've got the qualifications. I could have gone to the States, but with the same qualifications, it allowed me to go to New Zealand. So mm. that's what you do. So that's what you did. So, and yes, of course you're frustrated. Yes, of course you're tired, run down, burned out. Uh, you have, you have done it. You need it. You needed that yeah. break. And yeah, here you I are. Needed a break. <laughs> Absolutely. And there you were, spiritual as you were. Uh, what was your solution? What was your dream? What did you do? So it's interesting that you're saying that because that's exactly how I felt. I felt like I needed more spirituality in my life, more psychology, more humanity. And so I started looking for answer. And I was already doing yoga at the time. I started yoga when I was 16. So when yoga wasn't even famous 15 years ago. <laughs> And I thought, why not go for a yoga teacher training in India? It's something that I've been wanting to do for a really long time. And probably being away from my normal life for one month is going to help me connect with my true self. Mm. And so that's exactly what I did. We got married in September. I talked to my boss and managed to take one month of work in February 2018. Beautiful. Was there a February? What was the business that your uh, husband was doing? He was working in the cosmetic industry. Right. Was he had there his a own cosmetical brand? Oh wow. Was there a way that he could have taken some time out too and come with you? Um, he wasn't really interested in yoga. Hmm. Neither going to India, and I also <laughs> wanted this to really be my moment. Okay, that's so cool. That's he understood cool. that, and he supported that. Okay, cool, 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 cool. What were his dreams? What did he want to do when he grew up? Uh, he always wanted to be an entrepreneur, and uh, somehow he wanted to be rich. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay but good on him I mean fair call so there you were how was India I loved it it was it was really a beautiful month where one of my biggest realization I had two main realization when I was in India one of them was that um, we are disconnected from our bodies in our Western world and we treat our bodies as cars that we just fuel with gas. And so we eat to just give ourselves energy and keep going. But we choose everything with our head instead of trusting our bodies. And I really realized in India that our body actually held a lot of wisdom as well. Hmm. And that... Our mind was there to serve our body, but not the other way around. <laughs> Beautiful. And that's, that's so true. 
That's so yeah. true. When you when you think about the gut brain axis, for example, mm-hmm. when you think about all these these kind of where your emotions really come from, uh, it's not for nothing that you say I've got a gut feeling. Uh, mm-hmm. I have all yeah. these kind of things. So there is so much more out there than we realize in the Western world. So you had that that experience and that wow. Yeah, that was really that was really mind blowing for me because nobody ever taught me that. Nobody ever taught me that I could trust my my body. And I was also also using my body as a machine or as a compensator for pain. You know, I told you a little bit also about my eating disorders that I had. So my relationship with my body was really not a loving one. And that actually led to the second realization which was that one morning I was on the yoga mat already dreaming of becoming a yoga teacher and doing something more spiritual and giving to others by teaching yoga. And suddenly I had this little voice in my head that said, oh, if you want to be a yoga teacher, you definitely have to lose weight first because you're not going to be seen as a credible teacher in the shape that you are. And, you know, I was, I was like, I'm right now, not thin, but not chubby either. And then, thank God, there was a second voice that showed up and that said, what, you crazy? You really think it's your buddy that's going to make you a good teacher? It's your passion, your knowledge, the care that you give to the students. It's not your weight. And it was actually a bit heartbreaking because then I realized that I never loved myself. And that this criticizing voice had always been there of you're not thin enough, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, that's why I did a master, you know. I had always been there trying to prove myself because I never felt good enough. And that day, when I realized that on the yoga mat, after the class, I went back to my room And I was decided to start loving myself, but I had no idea how to do that. So I turned to my friend Google and I wrote (laughs) how to love yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What did come up first? (laughs) Actually, some interesting answers. I found out some (laughs) blogs and articles that said, write your compliments down, uh, be compassionate with yourself. And that's where my journey of self-love started. And well, now I can really say I'm a self-love expert. So (laughs) it's interesting how all these little moments are life-changing. Oh, beautiful. So there you were in India, Mm -hmm. uh, having just had these beautiful revelations. So now we are coming towards the end of, of a beautiful stay there. And uh, did you dread coming back to, to, uh, to Canada? To... So I was living in Belgium at the time. Oh, in Belgium. Sorry, I do apologize. Yeah. It... And uh, no, I was really excited to bring all these new learnings into my life and start mm. teaching yoga. And I was decided that I would quit my job at some point. And I remember that one of the um, theory classes that I preferred during the yoga teacher training was when the teacher was talking about chakras and energy bodies. And so I wanted to look more into that. So I, I was full of dreams and projects when I came back. Beautiful. And first of all, the chat like hits you. <laughs> and so when you came home and what, how was it like? Hello, honey, I'm home and we're going to do that, that, that. And we're going to do that, that. Was it like that or? No. Nope. Not really. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, tell me your side. <laughs> so what happened is that um, my husband picks me at the airport, picks me up. We get home, he pours me a glass of wine and I start sharing how excited I am to be back and keep going on with all my projects. And I can see that he's not paying attention to what I'm saying. And so I ask him, what's wrong? You're not resonating with what I'm saying? And then he says, I have to talk to you now or I'll never do it. And then he told me that he was leaving me. And I was in shock because we were married for six months, but I was really zen, you know, after one month of yoga and meditation. 
So I thought, okay, he's going through something. Let's let's help him figure it out. But the more I was trying to find solution and prove him that he loved me and that this was worth it, the more he was um, really hard with me and really letting me know that he was leaving me. And then it's interesting that just at the beginning of this session, you talked about cheating, because of course I found out later on that he was leaving me for someone else. What a blow in the face. What a, what was your, your gut reaction? What, how did you respond? I mean, your life was crumbling. There yeah. you were. You My had, life collapsed. Yeah. At least the life that you knew then. Yeah, exactly. I felt like I had a huge building that had just fallen on me and that I had all these debris on me and that I had to try to figure it out, how to get out of the mess and how to rebuild the building. And I had no idea. And it, it was it was really painful. Yeah, really painful. But at the same time, the way everything went on, I also quickly realized there's a part of me that really quickly felt that this was not the end. This was a new beginning. And that I felt like there was a huge path that was opening for me. I really don't know how to explain it, but the way everything was going and our conversations and everything, I was realizing that life was actually helping me out of a relationship that would never have brought me what I was expecting and that this would never have worked. Um, and I realized really quickly that Yes, he couldn't love me, but that's because he couldn't love himself either. And when I met him, like I said, I couldn't love myself either. So that's why I attracted someone who couldn't love me. And I realized that this was really the path of my healing was to start deeply, deeply loving myself. What a beautiful realization. Mm-hmm. But it was beautiful. It could have only been beautiful because you had started already looking mm-hmm. into your own journey. This was mm-hmm. not a woman who was in the rat race, head down, head down, not even thinking about the dreams. But you were already exploring the inside, mm-hmm. your spirituality, your mm-hmm. creativity, which was, I guess, a certain life ring. That, that the universe had thrown to you already and you just had it in your hands and you didn't know that you need it rather sooner than yes. later. And I think that that's why it happens. It's because I was starting to listen to myself hmm. and I was starting to ask myself, what do I want? Hmm. What do I need? What is my purpose? Hmm. And because I was looking for these answers and starting to find them, then life decided, okay, now you're ready <laughs> to really step into your power. Yeah. So we're going to free you from that relationship that would never have helped you to become the woman you're supposed to be. And life knew that I was strong enough to handle it. Even though I didn't really know that at the time, and it was really painful, I was strong enough to, to face it. And it deeply, deeply transformed me. Did you receive help in that time were you close with your parents was there who helped you and who I've received so much love during these months it was overwhelming like my parents were amazing my siblings as well even if sometimes they didn't know what to say they were there and I knew they were there and doing their best my friends were I felt so loved by them. They really, really supported me. As soon as I found out that he was leaving me for someone else and I was really on the floor, uh, I remember two of my best friends were on holidays together in Austria and they called me and they said, take a train, do whatever it needs, but just come. We want you here right now. <laughs> and so I, I told my work that I was sick and I was emotionally sick and I just went to Austria for five days and it was so beautiful to be able to be held by them Uh because I wasn't ready to 
tell my parents or tell anyone else. It was still too hard to manage. So it was beautiful to have these friends by my side. Oh, was that what? That must have been March now, March of 2018? Yes, that, that, that was yeah. March 2018, so, exactly. And you have just got the spring there. If you if you guys don't know Austria, you have got the Austrian Alps there, the, the mountains mm -hmm. there. And there's still, there's still snow and ice on the very top. Mm -hmm. But yeah. uh, in March, it gets really nice and warm around 11 o'clock in the daytime. Yeah. So you have got actually that inkling of of a new start there. You couldn't have chosen a better place to be. It's true, it's true. <laughs> Flowers are starting to come out of the snow. That's right. Which was what I was doing too. I was <laughs> starting to bloom, even oh. if I didn't know it at the time. Yeah. Oh dear, oh dear. Um, you probably had established a life that was normal. So shared bank accounts, shared mm -hmm. everything. So yeah. there is a lot of work and breaking mm -hmm. that all up. So yeah. that would have been the next two, three months would have been a blur of activity of uh, leaving the apartment. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was easy. Everything went really, really quickly. Our friends were really surprised by how it quickly it went because, oh, wow. um, I mean, there was no shadow of a doubt. There was no moment where he thought he would be coming back and the way everything unfolded, I didn't want him to come back either. You know, if he was cheating on me after six months, then, well, it was also my responsibility. Things weren't right and I didn't want to see it. I still married him, even if our life wasn't perfect. I thought I could accept certain things or, you know, I had my responsibility as well. It's easy to put the blame on him, but I had my responsibility as well. I didn't want to see certain things. And so it went really quickly. We just decided we would sell our flats our flat, the flat that we had. And that's the only thing we had in common, really. And we sold it really quickly. We sold it really well, which then um, gave me some money. And that's when I decided then I would quit my job and study energy healing and move abroad. So I decided to throw everything, the baby with the water of the bath, throw everything in the bin and just start over. And it was, um, it was a beautiful opportunity and I was really lucky that I could do it financially. And I remember asking myself at the time before taking every single decision, asking myself, is this right for me? Is this really what I want? Is this really what I need? Because for all my life, I had been that girl who wants to tick the boxes, who wants to be perfect and who wants to please everybody, which had brought me to create a life where I had forgotten myself. So I really got lucky enough that I could put myself as a priority, not having kids and having the finances to be able to live for a year without needing to work. Wow. That's... That was more than a silver lining. This was a golden mm -hmm. lining. So yes, I was really, really lucky. Yeah. Wow. How did the story continue? Yes. So fast forward a few months, we are in June and um, I've decided I'm going to quit my job and I'm going out a lot. I'm giving yoga classes. I'm giving piano classes. I'm still working at the bank, but it's the end of my contract. And I'm going out every single evening because I want to socialize. Basically, I'm numbing all my pain and emotions. And then one day I have a huge panic attack where I feel my heart beating, my hands being really sweaty. I cannot breathe anymore. And I feel like I'm sinking and dying. And I'm like, wow, this never happened to me. This is not normal. And um, I was alone in, in my room and I went downstairs and um, there, there was someone in the house and I just started talking to that person and sharing with her that I'm not okay and I'm having a panic attack. And so she gave me a glass of water and we, we talked and I slowed down and calmed myself down. But this was really the, the signal for me that something was wrong and I really needed to heal myself. And just pretending I was fine and going out and being in the action and taking all these decisions wasn't going to help me. 
So then I decided, well, I've always been passionate about healing. I want to understand how it really works and how I can heal myself. And I really wanted to be able to always do the right thing for myself. So always be able to welcome my emotions when they were showing up. Always be able to not let the fear control me when it was showing up. Always be able to rebuild my self-confidence when I was having self-doubts. And so I did a lot of uh, reading, watching videos. I went to see a psychologist and I really dove all my energy into healing and understanding how it works. And then one morning, a few months later, and now we are in October 2018, I moved to Canada. I've signed up for this energy healing course. And I'm still looking into healing and psychology and the mind and the body and the emotions. And one day I wake up and I have an Eureka moment. And I tell myself, it's a self-healing spiral. Suddenly, everything I had learned in the past months came together, all the dots connected. And I understood that healing is not a linear process, whether it is to recover from um, addictions or recover from a trauma. It's not a linear process. It's not every day it goes better and then we're done. Oh, no. It's up and down and left and right. It's messy. <laughs> so true. So true. And I realized it was more of a cyclical process because we go through certain emotions and certain experiences several times and we actually heal them at a deeper layer every time. So I asked myself, well, if it is cyclical, what are the different steps that we go through in every cycle? And so then I realized there are six steps and that deep down we all have wounds and that they show up through emotions and that we need to welcome these emotions, rewire the beliefs that are linked to them and then heal our body and release the body physically and energetically from the emotion, which is all going to increase our self-care, our self-love. And deep down, it's that love that's going to heal us. And so it's a healing of the body, mind, and soul in six steps. Beautiful. That's yes. exactly that's exactly what healing is all about, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, how long did it take you to truly heal? Or let's say 80% heal, 80%, uh, because we are never finished with healing. No, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> exactly. So it is. I have more stories if you want about that. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so that is, I mean, it is, uh, you were getting better. You were finding yourself again. Mm -hmm. You reinvented yourself Absolutely. as as a new uh, woman and you found your confidence slowly but surely again but this is like phoenix out of the ashes this mm -hmm. is this is from a broken girl lying on the floor in a fetal position crying yeah. with her girlfriends to yeah. now only a few months later having that eureka moment and mm -hmm. and going wow this could actually work yeah so I started applying the method to myself because I created it for myself first. Right. And I would say that then by December, two months later, I really started feeling well and I felt my energy coming back. I felt my confidence coming back. So it took me two months to heal on an emotional and spiritual level. But it then took me, I would say, six months more to heal physically nervously, energetically, because our body needs time to heal. Whatever we heal at a spiritual level, you know, because we are in that material body and that physical plane, it needs more time to really leave the body. And so I then still needed to slow down physically and to really give... Um, Give myself time to to heal physically and energetically. I don't know how to explain it differently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But um, I would say that then the, I healed in total in, in six months. And that's fast. Oh, that's fast. It's certainly, having said that, I mean, it is. You had all the steps in place. Mm -hmm. And you had the system in place mm -hmm. that came to you. 
and that is a beautiful thing. So and I and, used it every day, and yeah. I still I still use it. Mm. I still use it every day because I still have fears that have been created by by that trauma. So I was sharing with you that I got married recently. Indeed, congratulations. <laughs> We're you. breaking it here on the show. Yay, it's this married. Yeah. <laughs> Three weeks. And I've got I got a real bad conscience because I bombarded no. her with my questionnaire and said, come on, fill it out. I want to have you on the show. <laughs> Not realizing that she is in the middle of walking down the aisle, so to speak. <laughs> That's perfectly fine. I, I, I gave it the time when I had it. <laughs> Oh, so beautiful. So how did you meet your husband? How did that work? So that's also an interesting story. I actually met him the day after I signed the paper of my divorce. So that's June 2018. I'm I'm waiting. (laughs) I'm waiting. And it was, um, I was was at a birthday party and uh, he saw me having fun with some friends and he thought I had a beautiful smile. And so he thought I have to talk to this girl. And so he tapped on my shoulder and said, hey, do you speak English? Because it was a bit of an international birthday party. And then I said, yeah, of course. And we started talking. And I remember we were having a really spiritual conversation on the dance floor where we were talking about <laughs> near-death experiences while people were pushing us around. <laughs> Okay. (laughs) And then we thought, okay, let's go outside and have a drink and keep having this spiritual experience. And we connected directly. And um, because I was in this phase of I'm going to love myself so much that I'm going to show really who I am. I'm going to stop hiding because I'm afraid of judgment. Mm. He actually really loved that curious girl that is daring to have spiritual conversations after 10 minutes of introducing each other. And, and yeah, he was really open-minded to that. He really loved it. And then he was um, in London at the time. And so I thought it would be a summer thing where he would come to Belgium a few times to, to see me and to visit me. So I thought I was safe and I wouldn't risk to have my heart broken because he would, at the end of the summer, go back to Canada because he was living in Canada at the time. But we fell in love and I just had to admit that I wasn't protected anymore. (laughs) I was actually taking the risk to have my heart broken again. Uh And so that was, that was when I was looking for all these tools and looking for the self-healing spiral, it was really a lot of surrendering and daring to open my heart again to someone and trusting that this could be a really special relationship. Wow. And it has been. It has been. I've been really lucky because he understood since the beginning that I was a broken heart and that he needed to give me time. But it's beautiful when you said we always heal at 80% and then there's still 20% that needs healing. And I'm still working on that today. Because the day I knew he was going to propose, I knew he was looking for a ring, I freaked out. (laughs) so that was two months ago because we got married really quickly he proposed and we got married three weeks later because of covid and the whole thing anyways that's another story but uh, two months ago when i knew he was going to propose i i went to go for a little walk and i applied my self-healing spiral to myself and i felt the fear i allow myself to feel the deep deep fear of having my heart broken again and what if i do the wrong choice again having to see that I wasn't trusting my own judgments anymore because of the first wrong choice. I wouldn't say it's a wrong choice. It was a gift in disguise in the end. I had to go through that, but it was really painful. So I applied the self-healing spiral to me. I did my, my, my whole body, mind and soul healing. And then when I came back from that hour in the forest, letting it all flow through me, I saw him and then I knew I was ready. And then, yeah, we got married. Then he proposed and I said yes, and we got married, basically. (laughs) Oh, dear. 
you can just imagine the poor guy. He was sort of thinking, God, will she, will she not? He was acutely aware that of your history. So mm. I can just add, can sense the added nervosity, the, the nervousness of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, dear. <laughs> well, I think I think he knew I was going to say yes, because you talk about these things when you're in a really happy relationship. But he also knew that every time we had taken a step forward, uh, this fear would come back. It, it happens every time when I met his parents, when we were talking of moving in together, it happened. So I knew that the day he was going to propose, it would come back. But it's just, I like to call that part of ourselves, the little soldier. You can call it the ego, the rebel mind, the lower self. It's just that part of ourselves that is doing everything to keep us safe and keep us in that comfort zone. And it's there for a reason. And it just needs to be loved and cared for and it needs attention. And that's what the self-healing spiral teaches, um, teaches us. And that's what, I, that's what I did every time the fear came back. I listened to it. I allowed myself to feel it but then I did not identify with it and I rewired the fear. That's exactly, exactly what, how I deal with the fear as well. Mm -hmm. I allow myself those five seconds of terror and I Mm -hmm. taste it and I feel it and I, okay, oh yeah, I feel the adrenaline tingling in my hands. Mm -hmm. Cool. So now thank you very much, fear. It's lovely to see you again, but now (laughs) move away. So I've got a work to do. And that's so true. But that's how emotions work. Exactly. We feel them. It's really uncomfortable. Then they go away. (laughs) And I call it riding a wave as uh, Mm -hmm. when you're swimming in the ocean and there's a big wave coming. You might like the wave or you might not like the wave. The wave doesn't care. It's still coming. And it's the same with cravings, the same with with temptations, the same with with negative emotions. They come Mm -hmm. in waves. And if you just know that and accept that and say, hello, wave, and just ride the wave, then that's it. Five minutes and most waves are gone. And then you can get on with your life. Might not be the nice five minutes, but hey, you know it's coming to an end. And and that's the, it's beautiful what you just said, because I feel like that was my fear. And that's what I've been observing in my clients and the people I've been working with is that we don't allow ourselves to ride the wave, like you Mm -hmm. say, or experience the emotion because we believe it's not going to stop. (laughs) Yeah, true. We we think that once we're stuck in that anger, once we're in the anger, we're stuck in there. Once we're in the sadness, we're not going to feel anything else in sadness. But you're right. Knowing that it's going to stop, it's just going to pass through you really helps us Mm. welcome the emotion, feel it, because we Mm. know it's temporary. Mm. And that was really a big shift for me to realize that you're not going to stay in the sadness forever. Mm. It's going to go away. Mm. And sometimes there are reasons that you feel something. The sadness might just be that you're actually burned out. Your Mm. body needs time to actually lie in the fetal position in bed, mm. cuddled up with a hot tea, because you are you have been pushing the boundaries far too mm. much. Mm-hmm. So it might be your body actually saying, please, please, please give me a break. And sometimes you don't listen to our body and then it comes to a point where it shouts at you. Now, shh, in whatever language you wish, uh, but you get the <laughs> message to <laughs> <laughs> That's the wisdom of the body. It always knows how to heal itself. Mm. Oh, beautiful, Lily. Uh, so you're still doing yoga? You're still teaching yoga as well? Or is mm, that has that no, gone a bit not, to the wayside? Not really anymore. I'm, I'm more using it for myself mm. as, a, as a centering practice. Mm. Um, now I'm really more into coaching um, with the self-healing spiral. And now I'm starting to teach this method actually to coaches and I'm really happy because my method has been recognized by the ICF so now it's been accredited and so as from September I will be teaching it in um, in a certification in the group program. Oh fantastic congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh that's wonderful. So if people are really all all anxious and to learn more how do get how do they get hold of you? 
Um, well, I have a website, of course. <laughs> and I'm also, people can also find me on Instagram. And I also have a private Facebook group where I do a lot of lives. And I'm actually going to do a masterclass on the self-healing spiral in my private Facebook group. So it's free. Anyone that's interested and want to discover this method and start applying it in their own life, they're more than welcome. I would like to put myself forward uh, in the first instance. Um, mm -hmm. remember, remember, guys, uh, whenever an emergency happens and an airplane and the oxygen comes down, put it on yourself first. So I think you guys are all welcome to join me but i'm first okay <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding i'm kidding i'm kidding i'm half kidding <laughs> so you're more than welcome stefan early thank you so much because i like that i like the way you think and i like i like the system mm -hmm. and it is it, you recognize that that work needs to be done mm -hmm. it is not a passive process where you just just sit there and somehow hope that everything comes out fine. It doesn't really work like that. There mm -hmm. are, it's a stepwise. No, it's a stepwise process. And but the cool thing is, if you follow such a process, the chances are infinitely higher mm. to succeed than if you just sit there and let it all sort of happen to you. Um, Absolutely. So now, and that's why I I created it because I remember that at the time I I knew about EFT, I knew about meditation, I knew about psychology, but nothing seemed to really be helping. Mm. And I thought that healing was more complex than just having one tool. <laughs> and actually, the only thing that I've invented is the process in itself. Yeah because it's filled with knowledge and I've created the tools as well, but the knowledge on which it is based are things that have been proven already scientifically by a lot of people that are much smarter than me. So I've just brought all that knowledge together into a method. And that's, that's the, the magical thing of it. <laughs> and that's the beautiful thing of it, because mm -hmm. ultimately the more systems and the more approaches one can explore, the more likely it is that you come to that one opening your eyes moment where you think, wow, now it finally goes click. Exactly. Yet, yet the same information has probably been presented to you five years ago in a different yeah. framed way. And mm -hmm. then you might have not been ready or you might have not understood it because the way it was framed was just not gelling with you. Yeah. And now suddenly, exactly. So always think that the past does not equal the future, guys. Mm -hmm. You have got a life that you can't do much about the past. And you need to learn from the past. What you do, what you can do something about is right now the present. Right now you have the choice. You have the choice to look down there into the description of the video and of the podcast down there, because that's where you're going to find the information for mm -hmm. LA. So you just need to click on the bloody button. And <laughs> so go out there and make the contact. And yeah, and, and you'll be welcomed with open arms. <laughs> <laughs> and how beautiful is that? How beautiful is that? Our I'm looking forward to that. I'm getting very excited, actually, because... Amazing. I, <laughs> no, it is, because here's, here is another opportunity for me to grow. And I've grown so much in seven years, mm -hmm. but I have no idea where this path is leading me. And mm. for all I... Nobody I'm, really knows. Well, exactly. But I'm nowadays, with every interview I, I have with guests, I learn so much more. Mm. I'm I'm blessed and humbled by the ability and opportunity to 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 talk to you and see a new way. And that's way. part of the of the purpose of life. I think it's the um, the Dharma law that says that we are here on Earth for a reason. Mm. And then there's another element which says, and our purpose is to get to know ourselves the best. Nice. And so it's beautiful that by in interviewing a lot of people, you then get the opportunity to know yourself even better. 
And then the third element of the law of Dharma is to then, once you know yourself really well, to share your gifts with the world. <laughs> and again, this is not a linear process. Uh, no. It's on the contrary, that keeps going around and round. Yeah. Because you think you've dealt with something and you have learned it. And yes, I've dealt with that PTSD. I dealt with that grief. Uh, let's move forward. Then you think, oh, oops, uh, actually, hmm. And suddenly some new emotion comes out where you think, hang on, I don't think that's right. So That's why it's a spiral. Indeed. Indeed, right. Yeah. It never ends. It's a self-healing spiral. And, but that's good because it's, it's, think of the compound interest. You, you learn something, do something about it, and you think, okay, that's cool. And then mm -hmm. you learn something new that is built on top of that. So you lay a good foundation, and then suddenly more things come on top. So then when the next new challenge comes, you might very well have some tools with which you can take on that challenge. And if not, then you know, hang on, there are actually more things out there, and I need to keep searching. Yeah. So welcome to the path, fellow travelers out there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's certainly, we, we, it's just so happens to be that LA and, and, and me are maybe a little bit further advanced in the path compared with you, but we are still on the path. So, but so there are still people ahead of us that can teach oh, us and then we can share it to the ones that are. Exactly. You know, it's a lovely snowball a, system. I like it. Ever ending path. <laughs> Wonderful. LA, thank you so much for thank having you, come onto my show. This was a wonderful, wonderful interview. I'm, I'm deeply humbled and deeply grateful that you spent an hour with me and with my, my viewers and listeners. My pleasure. So guys, listen up. Just check down there, check the descriptions. Whilst you're down there, you might as well press the subscribe button for that mm -hmm. show here. Okay. Leave a review if you liked what you listened to. But more importantly, think, are you really happy with where you are at? Or is there maybe room to learn something new about yourself? And join me with Ellie and we'll yep. take it from there. Yes, definitely. Cool. Thank you, Stefan. <laughs> it was a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much. Look after yourself out there, guys. Yes. Bye. Bye. Bye.